This is a Main Hustle Media Podcast. Main Hustle Media Podcasts are recorded on the ancestral lands of the Chumash, Tongva, Karankwa, and Hohokam people. And I wish to pay my respects to the people of those nations, both past and present. (laughs) Hey, y'all. Welcome to Queer and Far, a travel podcast from a couple of queer femmes. I am one of your co-hosts, Charmaine Fury, a.k.a. the Blasian Blurred, the busiest mixed race, bi-gender, bisexual, polyamorous, atheist, comic book nerd, cat mom, and two-time Asian American Podcasters Association's Golden Crane Award winning podcaster in this podcasting game. And I am joined by my friend and co host, Shane Anigans. Hey, I'm a noob. That's it. I'm no- <laughs> okay all right all right okay yes i'm new to uh the podcasting world but uh old school gamer ran an online gaming community for 13 years overall nerd and i'm happy to be here with my friend charmaine we have been talking about doing a project of some sort together for a really long time and we've known each other we just realized we've known each other for 20 years like literally Right before we hit record, we realized yeah. this. We, we did math. <laughs> we did math. We did and math. honestly, for the last, I want to say, three or four years, we have been talking about potentially leaving the country mm-hmm. together-ish. Yes. In community, I guess, in some yes. way, shape, or form uh, for a while. And now that the world is melting, literally, <laughs> and literally. physically. On fire. On fire. And politically, uh, we're getting a little bit closer to that decision. And Mm -hmm. so we decided we would get together Mm -hmm. to start a podcast, since I'm already a podcaster, Mm -hmm. to talk about travel, to document whatever this upcoming expat possible journey might look like. And also, we tend to be fairly political folks. We're deeply entrenched in our various intersections. And we want to focus our effort and the content we create into being a resource for queer folks, black and brown folks, yes, which is me, uh, <laughs> queer folks and disabled folks and all the other things in between. And we're going to pair up to do this together. We're coming at you with different strengths and different knowledge bases. And then we're just friends. So that's the vibes. That's the vibes. Yeah. We met in college. We did. And, uh, I followed you around. A Go lot. banana slugs. Oh, banana slugs. That's a like this. Santa Cruz. Remember? Like this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> little, little slug with arms crossed. Yes, excellent. Yeah. We were feared in the um, never. We were never. Yeah, feared. we had an ultimate frisbee <laughs> team I, and not a football team. We had a basketball. We had, we a had basketball, basketball. Team, but I never saw them play. We also had volleyball, and I did see them play, and I caught a t shirt. Did I go to that with you? Who no. did I go to that with? Though our uh, one of our claim to fame is we had um, when MTV was doing those uh, um, TV shows where they were following um, what are those sororities and fraternities? Mm. We only had one fraternity on campus. <laughs> did we? I didn't even know. Yeah. yeah, we had one, and our claim to fame was the producers because they found them boring. 
hilarious right um told them that what they should do as a gag is to go to one of the schools and steal a koi fish and eat it oh those were the kids that got arrested (laughs) that was in my college okay so so uc santa cruz was broken up in multiple colleges and Mm -hmm. i went to i was at porter that's where i lived that's that's where the film school and stuff like that was based out of and we had a koi pond that had two koi and they yep. got charged, from what I understand, yep. they went to jail for it, but they got charged like $17,000 per... That was an expensive fish. <laughs> it was an expensive fucking fish, and they'd been there for like 18, 20, 20 years. Yeah, 20 years. I was actually, Yes. You ate so that's what pet. that was? I thought yeah. those were just randos. I didn't realize that was an MTV thing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Of course, I, MTV was like, oh, wait, we didn't make we didn't you do, do it. it. <laughs> Seriously, I just told that story like two weeks ago to somebody. I was like, uh, we were around a koi pond and I was like, and you know. And you know. <laughs> Interesting story about koi. Um, so yeah, we've known each other for a long time. Mm-hmm. I still, honestly, I don't remember when we met. I just remember your general intensity. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I, I feel like I feel like I should apologize. You're uh, fine. <laughs> I mean, we managed to get this far, we, so I was really intense. I was a very huggy person. You were super huggy, and I am Charmaine the opposite is not. of huggy. I am a black Japanese British American. Right. I was raised by a British grandmother and a Japanese grandmother. Not a whole lot of affection. And uh, and generally, I, do, I don't like to be touched. <laughs> and then you didn't, you weren't, you weren't, you didn't grow up with a lot of like white people in your neighborhood. I or, didn't grow up with any white people. Yeah, like and I, mean, all of a sudden I grew up with me. literally my British grandmother was like the only white person I knew most of my life. And then there was me, just intense just white girl, just like we're gonna just, be friends. We're gonna be friends. <laughs> I'm into all these kinds of things. You're into them too. Let's be friends. <laughs> Let's be friends. And for some odd reason, you let me stay around. I. Still question it? I mean, I I never disliked you. <laughs> That's not that. a ringing endorsement, but <laughs> fair. Well, you were, I mean, yes, I, I will. I've said it for many years, so it's not like I'm talking out of turns. You were intense and you yes. were a lot for yeah. me. And by then, it's not like I hadn't been around white people. I, I had. I left, I left Long Beach when I was 15 and I moved to a whitish neighborhood mostly uh military family so a lot of mixed folks a lot of diverse groups of people but predominantly white folks so it's not like i'm like was totally unaware of white people by the time i met you it's just that you were super intense and also i couldn't fit you know what it was i couldn't figure out why you liked me that's what it was because i will not i I, this is gonna sound this is a terrible thing i'm about to say i've said something like this before but this is true okay i'm ready i have a personality that people don't want to be friends with but they fan over like I get oh. fans. Okay. Yeah. And I always have, it's very strange because once I actually need like a friend, like confide in mm-hmm. emotion or whatever, mm-hmm. usually mm-hmm. those people bounce, but you were like a fan friend Yep. that just like, we just hit it off and, yep. and that was I, it. I liked you because you were genuine. I, I, uh, it was very rare in my life and it's still rare, uh, even today that, uh, someone says what they mean and me with, in fact, I'm learning the hard lesson now of being 40 something. <laughs> um, and you know, uh, realizing that a lot of the people have good intentions around me, mm. uh, but they fake it till they make it. Right. And that's not healthy. That's fair. I mean, so. I, yeah, I have always been a 
do what I say, say what I mean type of person. I, I grew up with, uh, I have a, I come from a long line of, of liars, con men, cheaters, dicks. <laughs> um, and I just couldn't, I can't be that way. Like I, I, I would rather lose somebody with the truth than right. keep them with the lie. So yeah, maybe, maybe that's what, it, well, maybe that's also why I don't maintain like deep, deep friendships. Deep friendships. Or the friendships I have are all these 20 plus year friendships because they've known me ever since. They've always, you know, my co-host on Blurred Comics, we've known each other for 36 or something like that years. We've known each other forever. I think to be fair to tell everybody in the um, outside internet world, sorry. Um, <laughs> the interwebs. It, the interwebs. Um, oh, was it Beyonce's internet? Uh, that... Um, even though we've known each other for 20 something years, we did lose touch after we did. graduation. Yeah. Not like, you know, we just, you know, you wander away. Also the internet wasn't what it is now. Right. You could literally stay in touch all the time. Like I, the first time I touched the internet was when I was 18 years old on new year's Eve, I was a senior in high school and then I didn't touch it again for two more years. Yeah. My first two years of college, I was writing papers on typewriter. So when we we graduated mm-hmm. in 2003 from college friendster existed yes i don't think facebook did yet no it is myspace myspace started to pop up so i think i got into myspace because i was doing all that html <laughs> <laughs> like yes coding thing on myspace for a page of but like you didn't like, st- like yeah like it wasn't just like you had access to people no when we finally gained back contact i was living in massachusetts by then mm-hmm. that was 2013 yep when and- i and it really was just like i sent out a blast email because i was fundraising for a film i was making and i just had your email address in there and you happened to respond like i didn't even know if you would have even had that email i was so excited when i heard that you were not only to hear from you but that you were making a movie and i remember like i have some money here hmm. yeah <laughs> So it was cool. I mean, it was cool to reconnect. And but at that point, I mean, yeah, like 10 years went by and yeah, and we didn't know each other all that time. But we, you know, we grew up like I grew up in both Northern and Southern California. You grew up in Northern California. We yeah. both went to the same college. We had some similar interests. We we're both in the film program. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whatever. It worked out and we ended up staying friends. So since 2013, though, we've been mm-hmm. fairly steadily in contact friends. Right. And then we physically have seen each other two times two, two, only two times yeah. all based off of me moving across country so once when Twice. i moved yeah once when i moved oh no no once was for my move once was when i flew into the state that you live in yep to because my play niece was graduating high school so that's why i was there the second time i was moving from california to texas which is where i'm currently living mm-hmm. um and i passed through so i got to see you then too but mm-hmm. since then like we talked weekly like a lot a lot yeah more than weekly i guess yeah about various subjects and we've and it is true we have been talking about trying to do a a pot you know or something a project a project and then how this all came about is you know as we were going on our little conversations of talking about leaving the united states for various reasons Mm -hmm. um when we were gathering uh intel from my perspective, because <laughs> I'm still deep into my decolonization work and I will never be done, mm. is realizing that most of the information that I was gathering from came from the white perspective. Right. And that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm getting 
the the true scope of what really is out there and sure. what really could happen to you. And so it when we and I we and I it works. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> that was our goal is that we wanted to focus on, you know, the marginalized groups perspective of whoever if they were creating their own Airbnbs or their own businesses or mm. um how to travel safely because everybody has their own way and and the things that they look for whether that you know you're trans you look from a different perspective if you're mm-hmm. black you look from another perspective you're female or present as female you have to think of it from another perspective so i'm really interested in and in, of gathering more intel and helping people who are from those groups um cuz when i do talk to them they're like i want to travel but i don't feel safe to right. travel And a lot of some of the reason why we continue to have those conversations together, I think, had a lot to do with me as a brown queer femme presenting Mm -hmm. person to say like, oh, wait, no, you know, you you might you might have described something. And I'd be like, well, wait, (laughs) because Mm -hmm. brown brown Brown. caring here. Um, And and there are things that we've talked about over the years some of them are exposing things in which you'll say something and it'll be, it'll be clearly from your perspective while also doing the decolonization work that you're doing. And then I chime in with, okay, for me, this is my deal with my intersections. And that ends up expanding. And then you have a tendency to pause the conversation and say, okay, let me go do some work on this. Mm -hmm. And then I'll come back and we'll talk about it later. So Mm -hmm. the reason why, Sir Auntie Mixed Maine, <laughs> who does all these podcasts that have to do with blackness or mixed blackness or mixedness in general, how I end up engaging in relationship further with you, I guess, really had so much to do with the fact that you're the only white person that I know that says, let me pause here and let me go do some labor and then I'll come back. And we can talk about it when you have the spoons. So mm-hmm. for years, I referred to you as my white woman whisperer because one, you would tag in when I had issues with white folks and you'd be like, who do I, who do I need to sick? Where? And you, you would go do, you would kind of jump into that. Mm-hmm. Um, as we continued on more in our friendship while you were doing more of your decolonization work and, and you have like, you've, you've gone, you've done from where I was going, I don't want to do this with you, you know, like early on to where you're at now, where you're pausing it before we get into it. And you've actually even caught me a couple of times when you're upset about something that I didn't get upset about yet. And then you say, it, and I'm like, Oh fuck. <laughs> it's like that TikTok. I was out. <laughs> I was out N word and I will never be out N word again. Uh, there's a moments that you've caught, you've even like, I got excited about something that you were offered and you were like, but I'm a, you know, white femme. I'm a white person. person. Why was I offered that? And I'm like, damn it, you're right. Yeah. Uh, Mia, here I am celebrating my friend and white supremacy is at play. Uh, yeah. So I think for years I called you my white woman whisperer. Now, mm-hmm. because of TikTok, I call you my emotional support white woman. Um, I love it. I, I, I want, I, I, we're going to get t shirts. We're going to get t shirt. I promise. And on the um, back, it's going to say, careful, she bites. <laughs> But I, so, so yes, that's, you are the person who I trust to do the work when work needs to be done. Thank you. You're one of the few people that I I see is doing decolonization work and following through, like I'm actually seeing it. And the amount of times, like I said, that you now pause a conversation to get into, let me go do some work. And then when you come back, you're like, speaking of blah, 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 do you have the spoons to talk about this right now? And then we get into it. So I would not 
engage in a project like this, even if I really wanted to do something like this, which I do, if I didn't feel like the white person that I'm doing this with has some form of awareness and like, you're going to fuck up. I'm yeah. going to fuck up, but we're going to have conversations and right. we have already proven right. we can have conversations and get to a place where it's like, okay, work needs to be done. And, yep. and that's not in so- solely on you either. I mean, well, even as a Brown femme, I got, I have, I have work to be uh, done in terms of things that are just so programmed and so deeply indoctrinated that I have to do that work too. So that is why I feel engaging in a project like this together is so strong because if we were two white femmes, Mm. it would be a very different game. If we were two brown femmes, it would be a very different game. But because we come from different intersections, Mm -hmm. we can catch each other up on things and make things awareness. Like there are some things that you're aware of because of access to white privilege that Mm. I do not have an awareness for that could be a safety issue for me. Right. Lacking that awareness. And then there's things with me as a brown femme who grew up as a hood kid would just be like common sense. Number one would say, you know, like, boom. And you'd be like, huh? Huh? So I think the tag team, the Starsky and Hutch, the the whatever between us that we have will be potentially really helpful to queer folks, to black and brown folks, to disabled folks as we're out there, because we do have we do have those intersections between us. Right. We have them differently, of course. The The thing that connects us in terms of similarity is that we are both femme presenting and that we are both queer identified. Right. After that, there's a shit ton of shit we don't, a- we don't cross over on. So no. it's, I think it's good that we will have these opportunities. I agree. I, I, I agree. And I, I think like, um, like for me, on, on a personal note, for me is like, I want to live by example because I need to believe and I'm struggling because of the lot yes you know and you guys are now learning uh the last couple of years have been really hard mentally been hard on you <laughs> yeah I've been struggling with depression and I'm not as loud and bubbly as I once was in in college um I'm a lot more quiet so I this is a, a in I'm, college it was like attack hug attack, now it's like I, I, attack attack <laughs> attack but I'm gonna like fisticuffs with people um I don't have the confidence that I used to be, but it's been an interesting, I've been known I'm queer forever. I used to tell uh, partners I've dated um, different genders. um, And, um, but honestly, this is, this year was the first year I said happy pride for myself. Yeah. This is the first time I am putting myself in a a situation, in a situation where like, no, that's mine too. Yeah. As opposed to continuing to give it to other people or uplifting other people, um, I'd like to not diminish myself. So I'm hoping yeah. that this experience for me is discovering who I am after all of this. and um, But living by example, because I want other white femmes in particular, I need you guys to do this work. Because <laughs> yeah. if not, we are so effed. Yeah. So, but anyway, but that's, you know, little side, little, little personal. Note. No, I'm glad you said that because that, that is something that is very specific to, well, to you because yes. you're the only, because you're the oh. only white, white emotional support white woman that I have yeah. in my life because you are an elevator. I'm also an elevator, like in terms of activism and stuff like that. I'm not a 
boots on the ground march or anything like that. But I am an elevator cause, use my platforms, mm-hmm. da 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 find ways to raise money. Like, yeah. I, I do stuff like that. But you will elevate at your expense. And yes. I don't know. I probably do a version of that, but it's slightly different for me as a brown, you know, whereas you, you like, when we had this conversation about it, it was almost like, yeah, I know I'm queer, but it's not that big of a deal kind of thing as if it wasn't influencing the stuff that you were actually doing. So -hmm. I think it's important for you to own yourself. So, so much as you are comfortable in doing it publicly, you know, own that aspect of you so that you're not just like straight assumed white woman here. I'm going to get in here and try to help you guys out. You know, like, I think that's important that, you know, you have some skin in the game. Yes. It's different than what I have. It's different than the people that I know have and stuff like that. It's very specific to you. And so having that opportunity to own that will only make you better at the work that you're doing because you're now including yourself in it. So I I hope that keeps up happening. And if not, I'll just yell at you and yes. Make mm-hmm. it happen. And remind um, me that this process is supposed to be uncomfortable. That's it's how change uncomfortable. happens. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I do think you bear it well, even in your discomfort. What you need to start doing, which is what a lot of us who do work like this need to do, is rest, mm-hmm. give ourselves some grace, take a break when, you know, it can't be. It needs to be 100% of the time, but it can't be 100% of the time. So Not you have all the to, time. You have to pause sometimes so that and you I can don't pause. be better. And you don't pause. I don't pause. So I'm hoping that through this process, and I don't either. I'm really good at telling people to pause. I don't pause. So hopefully <laughs> accountability partners as we are right. on this podcast venture that we're going to be doing together. I will hold you accountable. You will hold me accountable. And we will try to nurture each other while also kicking the shit out of whatever demons it is that we are fighting in terms of um, allowing us our chance to be the best versions that we that we can be right. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then I think also then does that mean to we are going to be traveling our goal is to leave the United States, Mm. perhaps permanently. But mm. we'd like this to dip our toes into other locations first. And we've been looking at Mexico is our mm-hmm. main one right now. Um, but who are you going to be? It's not just you traveling, right? You're, you're going to be bringing uh, cats, I believe. And yes, I'll be bringing and, cats and a, a human boy, a human partner. <laughs> yes. A human, a human, male man. Partner. A, a human male partner. Uh, yeah. So, I, my world consists of my cis heterosexual male husband of -hmm. 22 years. We are polyamorous. So we also have to make sure that while we're looking for places to live, that we will look for places that won't throw us in jail. Mm -hmm. If we quote unquote commit adultery. Um, You know, we don't always have other partners, but um, I would say, while I do identify as polyamorous, I, I think we're more in a monogamish situation and that we have been that that's the monogamish for those of you out there in the non-monogamy world or not out there in the non-monogamy world. Monogamish is basically that you are in a committed couple of some mm-hmm. sort, but that you allow each other access, um, you know, sexual access to other partners that may or may not ever have emotional attachments. That's kind of more what it's been recently. Although we both identify as polyamorous, we both have loved other people in the past. 
blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So uh, so yes, I'm I'm carting I'm carting him along. I am also carting four cats along with me. So I need to I know. know yeah. Oh, well, Lord. two of them are senior citizens, and yes. two of them are, I guess, middle aged or whatever. Uh, but I still think of them as the kittens. So yeah, so that'll be a challenge to to find a place and to actually afford the transport and hopefully yes. not put them at physical and and health harm mm-hmm. in doing a transition like this. And you are traveling with a white cis <laughs> autistic. Uh, what happened? Did something? Okay. Uh, Pause. <laughs> is it a, is it a bug smash it? Yeah, yeah sorry. I, just, I live in Texas and it scared the shit out of me. In the great words of Ursa Kit, smash it with a hammer. I only had a phone next to me and I tried to don't hit it with the do phone. that. That it was bad. just a natural reaction. Um, Goki Boris, aka La Cucarachas. I I live in Texas and one two just walked up on me, so I was trying not to react to them. I'm going to leave it in, though. <laughs> hey, you know, because that's going to be some interesting outtakes. If That'll be one traveling. of the things that we actually talk about, too, is bugs. Yeah. Bugs. <laughs> bugs. I can handle certain types of bugs, but there are certain types. You will hear me scream like a full-on little girl. Uh, yeah, I mean, the way I react to them now is from, like, living the, in I, I thought that was healthy. The, I would have not handled that well. I would have been out the room. I've lived in Texas on and off in my life. This is my third time living here in Texas. I'm desensitized to them enough to be like, ugh, but not like, ah. So, although when they fall on me in the shower or something like that, that I will lose my mind. I promise. So, sorry. Let's take it back. You are traveling. I'm (laughs) I'm traveling with a a, uh, white, cis, hetero, um autistic man oh i forgot to mention my my human person is a uh a half a big a half palestinian half white White. White. and it not my norm like (laughs) when when i was dating and then when he showed up i'm like why you (laughs) why you and also in the military that is an absolute was an absolute no. It's a pretty shot. When uh, when I found out of who you ended up marrying, I was really <laughs> surprised because we hadn't seen each other in so long. I was really surprised. You did know yeah. Tristan because I was already with him. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what happens when you fall in love with your high school high best school. friend, right? At twenty two years old. So by mm-hmm. the time I met you, I was already locked in. <laughs> and then, uh, so and then I'm also traveling with three dogs: one mm-hmm. Chihuahua. And one full pit bull and one dope. Oh, mm-hmm. which the adds... full pit bull for yeah, yeah, that's an element of travel. It's an element of travel difficulty that I am learning the hardships on because the UK it's a banned animal um, or the EU. Yeah, EU. <sighs> anyway, um, there's so many places. Yeah, that they that they are being banned. So I have to work around. And he's like the dopiest, easygoing. All of them are. They're only bullies when you train them terribly. Like, they're the gentle. They literally were used as nursery dogs. Yes. For the British aristocracy. Yep. I don't uh, understand how this has become a thing, but carry on. Uh, well, <clears throat> racism. <laughs> yeah. Because what primarily what pit bulls are known for is. Yeah. Anyway. Um, we'll get into it. Yeah. We'll get into that. And then I have Jack, who is a, I don't 
I, I'm going to call him a boxer mix. And, the, and he's really fun loving and he's, but he's so talkative. I know everyone's like, what's wrong with him? Cause he's like, black, black, black. That's how he barks. He doesn't bark. He black blats. <laughs> no, boxers make weird sound. Like boxers don't have a regular bark. Yeah. And strange. he doesn't do a regular walk. It's a. That's funny. He's gangly. He's gangly. That's and really like, I, I was watching videos on how dogs need to go through like the airports and stuff. And I was like, yikes. <laughs> <laughs> you're like can you straight dog can you straight yeah, can, yeah, jacket a dog i don't um, know because that'll he's be gonna want to try to greet everyone. everybody you're gonna have and to like dope him it. up enough that he still can walk kill but, walk but not be goofy right. yeah so that's no what yeah so th those are some of the challenges that we're starting out with and then on top of it, with all the craziness that's been happening politically in the country that we currently reside yeah. in, there are a lot of other people that are planning on leaving the country. Yep. We are not jumping on that bandwagon. No. We are been talking about this for years. Right, for what, years. I've been yeah. saving up for five years. Yeah. Even though I've been talking about it for 10. For a long time, yeah. My, my partner and I, we literally, uh, several years ago, like, that's it. We're so getting done with America. We're yeah. going to start saving up money now. Yeah. And it's only getting and in it. You're right. It is getting worse. And some of the other people that I in our sphere or in my sphere, at least that want help to get out are I have my best friends are trans. And I also have a gay. Um, my my other bestie is a gay black man. And I yeah, we all want to go and so I have to help them get out. We're so. sort of. um and what we talked about a couple years ago before things, uh, what put the bricks on for me is that I ended up opening a comic book shop here in Houston, which is why mm -hmm. I'm, I'm here. And that kind of slowed down my role. Otherwise, we probably would have left a while ago. Oh, and then there's a whole pandemic. So forget oh, about yeah, that. that, that um, uh, so that slowed everything down. But now we're back into into making the commitment to try to be gone, hopefully, by the end Sometime of 2022 or beginning of 2023, if possible, possible, um, if possible. So that has also added some difficulty in this transition because the more people that are trying to flee the United States, the more countries are starting to lock things down. Mm -hmm. So we are balancing between the old research that shenanigans has been doing for ages and the new research that we're both trying to do together yeah. Uh, for this, for the sake of this podcast, we have different, like I said earlier, we have different strengths and different talents. I, being a podcaster, established podcaster for the last four or five years, I will be handling most of like the tech related things um, for, for the podcast, the logistics of the podcast. And also I will be until such time as we actually move or even maybe after when we move, uh, I will be traveling. I mm -hmm. travel for my other shows. I have multiple com uh, comic cons that I will be either paneling at or appearing at. Yep. Uh, I have some podcasting conventions that I'm going to. And I generally just, I'm a nomadic type of person. I'm, mm -hmm. I grew up as a military kid. I, I want to leave where I'm at every four to five years. I've only been in Houston for a year and a month and I'm already ready to move <laughs> on. So yeah. And it has more to do with I'm no longer at the Excellent. comic book shop and things yeah. like that. But yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for this next adventure. And I am about to be 45 in by the end of the year. And I want to not be here. <laughs> like I just I grew up with an international family. My grandmothers are from other countries. I'm my dad was born in Germany. My mom grew up living in like seven different countries growing up. I'm one of the few people 
in my family that didn't live abroad. So mm -hmm. my part of the journey has a lot to do with that. And I like to travel and things like that. I will be documenting mm -hmm. my travel for the sake of this show. And then we'll discuss kind of the things that we discover. So my goal while I travel is look for accessibility for disabled folks to look for safety for queer folks and brown folks um, in particular as a mixed black Asian, but heavily black identified femme. Right. My mm -hmm. lens and what I'm looking for is the treatment of black women predominantly, mm -hmm. because that will be a, a good telling as to whether or not we're generally safe is how black women are treated. Absolutely. And while I do fly under the radar for non-black people in terms of my appearance as a black femme, um, that is my identity. That is that is what I am. I just happen to have taken a lot from the Asian side in terms of my looks or my phenotype. So that'll be the thing that I do the most and you are a research and organization yes. fucking hound <laughs> and and finance i think and finance i'm i'm a firm believer that now i am more than ever um i know you know this but they don't know so i i firmly believe as things are progressing right now that white women in particular should not be leading the charge uh that we should be listening to black brown and indigenous uh people and that we should be um uh, uplifting and, and, and being the cheerleaders and the support team behind them to get the shit done. Because honestly, not going into all the nuance of, of it, but we are not equipped to handle this fight. Uh, so we need to, um, take the leadership from people who've been fighting longer and, uh, and then, and there's nothing wrong with taking on uh, the cheerleading support role. Cause that's also essential. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, so that, that's where that is. I run my own business right now. That's why this is a, sometimes Charmaine is handling a lot more of the traveling aspects now because I run the business to fund <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the traveling. Absolutely. So, uh, so, uh, um, and, um, that's the, our agreement on how we wanted to do things. I, she, uh, I was like, I, I have like, you could be the face and then I could just be the money. And you're like, that's no, like, we're tag teaming this thing. I'm like, okay. Our presence, I think. And I, I legitimately think this, I think our presence and our visibility in this particular instance could be helpful because while we are gaining resources that can hopefully be helpful to, to queer folks, to black yeah. and brown folks and to disabled folks as separate, you know, identity, yeah. Um, forget about like whatever possible combo intersections there are. Mm. I think seeing the two of us experience those different things together, especially once we are closer together. And part of our mission sort of accidentally became, why don't we just do this together? Since we've yes. already have plans to, we've already desired, we have the separate desire to move abroad. Why not move abroad with someone that you already love and trust? Yeah. And, um, you know, we're not going to, live in the same house but we'll Probably be relatively <laughs> close i mean if we are i mean we are but we'll, we'll see what happens um but like it'll you know it'll offer us a, a opportunity to be supportive of each other in a way that could actually make things a lot more helpful as we're building whatever ends up being this future plan of legitimately yeah. being a resource for yeah. other people to travel and quite frankly some people might be more comfortable talking to me and right. some people might be more t comfortable talking to you and I might be more comfortable talking to a certain set of people and you right. might be more comfortable talking. to. So I think like the fact that we are different from right. each other 
yes. is a benefit. And, right. um, and it's not just because, uh, you know, like I said, having the different skill sets, I think is important because the mm-hmm. problem when you enter into any kind of business thing, when you have the exact same skill sets is dividing up the labor. And in this mm-hmm. case, we have like a clear way to divide the labor that that is helpful. There's some crossover, but not so much that we can't, you know, we will have to keep each other accountable to do this. And I think that'll be good for us. But then also there's different aspects of this that we can make the other one realize a dream. Mm -hmm. In my case, you're assisting me in realizing a dream of this, you know, travel life that I never really had the confidence to try to pull off myself. Yes. And my way I am, like once we're physically together and if we're running whatever this business type of thing ends up being for us, you know, I'm, I'm an operations logistics person. I just need to get mm-hmm. in there. So there are ways in which we can be supporting each other that I think will be really beneficial. And I don't want to just be the face because I don't want to hide from the fact that there is the kind of support here is coming from you. Right. I think Thank that's you. important. But I mean, about that, <laughs> I do. I know I do feel about okay about that because I also know how important it is for us to do the work in the lanes that we can do the work in. Yes, and uh, you know, and also there will be times that me being a white presenting femme, straight femme, mm-hmm. will be useful. And there will straight be straight assumed. Straight assumed. Thank you very much. Look at you. Uh, look at you look diminishing at yourself again. Um, but also, you know, like the fact that I'm traveling with a white dude, mm. that will be useful in some cases as well and vice versa. Um, because unfortunately anti Asian, anti-blackness is, is everywhere in other places. Yeah. And And I, you know, I hope that I don't have to rely on that from you. I think that's impossible for me to think I won't, (laughs) you know, like I think it is definitely a possibility, but I, you know, I think ultimately the showing this example to others might be helpful. And I mean, a lot of people have the dynamic that you and I have. I, I Right. I mean, you know, a friend we're, that's a different. We're more, curl- we're more colorful, literally. Yeah. We're literally. Super <laughs> but yeah, um, I just restored my natural hair color yesterday, actually. So it's nice and fresh. This is my um, restored color as well. I'm a unicorn. <laughs> so. So I'm I'm happy to be doing this with you. I'm Same. I'm glad that we found something between us that that was going to be the thing that worked. And we've been talking about this for ages. Oh my god, yes. It really just started to crystallize like a couple months ago. Really, truly. I and it all started actually guys it started off because I was doing research on how to help people get medical care outside of the United States because mm-hmm. I know so many people that are diabetic or other things, but we'll just use diabetic for an example that pay $1,200. And that's cheap $1,200 mm-hmm. a month for, for their insulin. Yeah. And I could send them to Mexico right now and they can come back with a couple months worth for $1,200. That includes the flight and food and staying yeah. for a week. Yeah. I used to work for a medical tourism company too. And we used to make trips to go to different parts of Mexico for dental work. Like you know, heavy dental work and we'd get in a bus and, you know, we'd cart everybody down or multiple cars and we'd cart everybody down or, or we'd make arrangements connecting with doctors. Yep. So that is kind of an extension of what we're hoping to do is actually yes. create some sort of guide resource guides in the different places that we end up going and hopefully provide that resource. And, and also, because I think this is very important to both of us, we will tackle the 
discomforts of being Western, yes, light skin and or white skinned people mm-hmm. going into these places to benefit off of accessibility that we don't right. have here in the United States. Yeah. Um, those are going to be complicated feelings. We have had many a conversation <laughs> yeah, about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. partly that is one of the things is like, you know, we're having this uncomfortable conversation. We could be having this uncomfortable conversation yeah. where other people have access to it. while yes. also trying to gain the resources that will be helpful in particular mm-hmm. with our uh, disabled trans intersectional friends mm-hmm. that we both yeah. have. Um, discovering ways to make things a little bit safer for them through the privileges that we have. Yes. You know, able, light or white yeah. <laughs> skin presenting things, stuff like that. So this is the kind of stuff we're going to be getting into. And this is how we are just kind of letting y'all know that we are starting out. Uh, we will be doing a bi-monthly podcast, probably until we actually physically do our move. Shenanigans is currently running a business I also have my podcasting business and I am doing four and a half weeks of travel coming up straight for different conventions and stuff, stuff like that. So uh, we're going to start out on a bi-monthly path. We'll eventually kick on over probably to a weekly uh, path whenever we get to where it is we are planning on landing. We have a few options uh, that we're going to discuss with y'all too. So come with us on this journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, feel free to jump in, ask questions and things, yeah. give us things that we can research because that will be, I mean, we already have, or suggestions, give us suggestions, like tell us what your perspective, what are the things that you are going to be looking for and needing if this is something that you are planning on doing so that we mm-hmm. can start scoping that out. Um, it could be beneficial to us while also being beneficial to you. And, um, or I meant to say that backwards. <laughs> that like was that very, very American of me to put um, <laughs> that in front. But yeah, it will be an opportunity to to do more research in, in areas that we might not be thinking. Right now, we're thinking about very specific things that affect right. either us directly and yes. or the people that we know that we are mm-hmm. also trying to include in this process. Uh, so yeah, hit us up with your suggestions, your things. You can follow us on the internets, on the social medias, Queer Far Pod. That's on the Tickety Talk. That's on the Instagram. That's on the Twitters. Uh, we'll probably end up having a Pinterest or some shit because eventually we're going to take pictures of pretty places and stuff like and that. And food. Lots and of food. food. Lots of fucking food. Lots um, of food. Also dealing with the fact that I have a cilantro allergy and my primary location that I'm thinking about is Mexico. So and we'll us, see how we get into it. <laughs> us looking into also, um, I'm not bilingual, so I am learning another language. I mean, so I am I. I mean, I know a handful Spanish, of, like, I know enough to be dangerous in France. I know at yeah. home in formal Japanese, which is not even close to fluent. I can cuss in Arabic. Spanish is one of is one language, even though I grew up in Southern California and Texas, I know, that I, I never know. picked up. But I'm learning. Disculpe, senor, senoritas, senoras. So we'll be working on the transition of learning languages as well while doing that. So follow us on the Tickety Talks and uh, on YouTube, of course. Please subscribe. As soon as we hit that 100 subscribers, we'll be able to claim our vanity channel handle. Um, It's called vanity? Yeah, it's called a vanity handle. (laughs) So right now we're just youtube.com slash... But eventually... After 100 subscribers, we will be Queer Far Pod. Love it. And if you would like to send in a, a suggestion via Please. emails, uh, you can do that also with Queer 
far, and this was before I made everything the same, podcast, <laughs> queerfarpodcast at gmail.com. And that's our general information box that you can drop some info in. Yeah. Sound good? Sounds great. All right. Thank you for so that. So that is it for today. We are vaxxed, waxed, fully packed. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Peace. Queer and Far is a main hustle media podcast produced and edited by Charmaine Fury. Co-hosted by Charmaine Fury, a.k.a. The Blazing Blurred, and Shay Nanigans. Music is Big Band Savage Jazz by Pine Groove. If you like what you've heard on Queer and Far, please subscribe, rate, and review on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. Main Hustle Media. Turn your side hustle into your main hustle. This program is a proud member of Univaz. Unified. Unique. Voices. Learn more at univazpods.net. <laughs>